Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. I had to start recording when we first started talking because Natty's energy was electric. Natty is from the tribe of wolves that she created of women who are badasses, wild, and she guides them in her coaching. She's going to share some amazing stuff with us. So get ready. I'm a wild guide. I call myself. I guide women back into their divine uh, feminine wildness. Um, and we do that, uh, I do that one-on-one. So I coach women one-on-one and I work with women in groups. Um, and I help them kind of step out of overwhelm and struggle and the masculine and fucking patriarchy and back into juicy, delicious lives through like pleasure and play and embodiment and time in nature and howling and the moon. I'm going to welcome Natty Frass. Thank you for <laughs> Thank- being here. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here, Carly. Will you tell me why you said yes to this conversation? Yes, um, because what you are doing, I know specifically I've heard you talk about like body image and the way women are perceived in the world and all the shit we're up against. And I think I have a lot to add to this conversation. And, and I love connecting with other wild women. And I love connecting with women who are out in the world using their voice and like creating the fucking ripple effect yes. of, of love, light, and badassery. So Natty's the tribe of wolves, badass woman guide for wild women. And we are going to get into that in a little bit. There's this meme and you remind me so much of it. There's this girl with like messy, beautiful, wild hair and a crown yeah. and like like all these things happening. And it says, you're going to be too much for some people. Those are not mm. your people. And mm. I could relate so much to that. Oh so I feel like we God. like, connect, we found our people. Yes, absolutely. And like our too muchness is th- that's our fucking magic, right? It's like the things that most people can't handle. Those are the things we need to be bringing more of into the world. I agree completely. I want to start off with identifying where you currently are, a rating of yourself and your inner voice. One mm-hmm. is my inner voice is really mean to me and doesn't leave me alone. And 10 is I'm awesome with my inner voice, whether it's loud or not, we're cool. It's not unkind. Where are you today with your body? What would you give yourself? Oh, today with my body, I would say I'm at um, an eight and a half or a nine. You know, I just got my period. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Over the past several years, I've learned to like really embrace this time of the month and like tell myself it's slow down and like wear cozy things and go slow and be soft with myself. But you know, I also feel puffy. So yeah, that's my eight and a half. It's like, okay, I'm not going to wear my sexy jeans. I'm going to wear my cozy, soft. Well, the fact that you're even wearing sexy jeans in a pandemic makes you even more of a badass than I thought, because I Uh, only have, I just like, I'm like, I'm going from this cozy to this cozy. 
I love to dress up like not every day, but like I love fashion. I love vintage fashion. I love like pairing weird things together. Me so too. yeah, I love to like shower and get dressed and feel not, fabulous. Not, not every day. Right. But- what do you think your lowest number has been in terms of your own image of your body in the inner void? Oh God, a one. And what time period? So after having kids, I remember specifically this evening where my in-laws were visiting and my husband and I were sleeping on an air mattress in like a baby's room. And I remember lying in bed and crying. I remember exactly where I was in the moment. My husband was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I hate myself. And he was like, why? What do you hate? And I, I couldn't even like I couldn't really like even describe to him. He wanted like so much detail. I was like, it doesn't even matter. Like I hate myself so much. I'm like fat and gross. And like, it was just sad, sad. And I remember writing about it after. And like, he actually like still has this letter that I wrote. That's like tucked into one of his like pockets in his closet because he's like, I don't know, like I've come so far. What's so interesting about that is you're the first woman that has talked about their period and embracing it. And then when you said that the area that you were feeling your lowest inner voice was after having kids, I think that there's something that we're not acknowledging or helping other women through. We don't talk about how hard it is emotionally and hormonally and physically and mentally during the time after you have a child, everyone is only talking about like baby showers and you're going to, what, what are you doing with Uh, this? And, but no one is preparing each other. I remember when I had my first child, and they gave me those nasty panties and like a, a pad the size of like a diaper. Yes. And I'm like, why am I bleeding still? And yes. they're like, you're going to bleed for nine weeks. And I was like, what are you talking about? No one yeah. told me about this. Yeah. What? I mean, there is a huge fucking. Right. Crap. Why are we not telling anybody that you're not going to look a certain way after that? You're going to be flabby. Yeah. Well, and that that's and that that's beautiful. It's and part that, of. Yeah, it's part of. And the fact that we're fucking magical beings who have the gift of being able to give birth. You know, the problem is that there are there's too much imagery out there. There's too much media around you know, perfectionism in motherhood and like going back to the gym and like, you know, getting rid of that baby body. It's all fucking bullshit. It is all. I remember because Kate Hudson was having babies at the same time I was. Come on. She's Kate Hudson. She's like ridiculously gorgeous physically on the outside. And this was back in the day when there was like in touch your celeb gossip. And I remember they would show a picture of her like postpartum body. And I had to have people that would say to me, Carly, she has a chef and a nanny and a trainer and a nutritionist. I, I couldn't remember that when I would compare it. And today I don't have to do that about anybody, but that yeah. is a really sensitive time. And when you just said about the gift, something another guest had talked about that reminded me another layer for not judging each other as women that we need yes. to start doing as a tribe of wolves, which you are, yes. is we need to no longer ask another woman if she's planning on having babies or why she mm. doesn't have babies or she can have yes. another one. We have no idea what is going on with them and yes. how painful that question could be. Yes. And we need to not complain about our post baby body because there are women who would literally cut off their arm if they could have yes. that because they can't have a baby. Yes. Yes. It's so true, Carly. And like, I think what happens is like all of this makes women feel 
come to this place anyway. And the more women that I speak to, the more, more I hear this is what's wrong with me. It's hard to get a woman to a place where she understands like, there's nothing wrong with you. The problem is that we've been raised in a culture that has taught us and shown us that we need to be a certain way, look a certain way, behave a certain way in order to be loved, in order to succeed in the world. And therefore, perceive ourselves as successful and to be enough. And that idea about what's wrong with me, I see it in my children. I see it in teenagers. I see it in adults. Every guest I keep having, there's nothing actually wrong with us. No, we, we, it's like, we're born these perfect, delicious little humans, right? You know, we're so perfect and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're an amazing baby for like a certain amount of time. And then, you know, you get to be like four five, six, seven. And the world starts like coming down on you and telling you like how you need to be behaving, how you need to be moving through the world. It dims our light. And what you need to look like and how you need to do in sports, in school, in activities, in grades. And if you're a C student versus an A student that like whenever my boys come home and tell me about their grades or their scores, all I ask them is if they tried their hardest and I- I tell them that, you know, they must be proud of themselves based on what they're doing. But like, I tell them, I don't want your feeling of approval from me to be based on what you bring home. Cause I remember that being a really big deal. Yeah. Cause I heard my brother always get in trouble for not getting yes. good grades. And so yes. I was like, Oh, mental note, get good grades. And then I was always yes. looking right. So I don't yes. want, to, you know, yes. I, I don't want that that pressure. Like not everyone's an A student in every single area. And do I care? No. Yes. It's this achieving for what, right? Like what's, you know, I, I call it like the, the imaginary finish line. Mm -hmm. Like we're all running towards this imaginary finish line, but like you never fucking get there people. Like it's about like loving yourself, being with yourself in this moment, no matter what your body looks like, no matter the wrinkles on your fucking face, like can I be, can I find joy? Can I find pleasure in myself in this moment? What would you give yourself for your rating or your own inner voice about your work? That's pretty high right now, actually, because I think I'm 45 and I feel like really like in my forties, I have finally fucking like cracked a nut that no matter where I am, even in my darkest moments, like I'm enough and I'm worthy and I'm here. And I think that, I think that I, I have three kids that love on me and like a supportive partner. So like that helps. I I'm very privileged. I know to like live in a cozy home and not want for anything. I have everything I need. And that's important that you said that. I always want to acknowledge that, that we happen to be two white women who are privileged to get to talk about this conversation and, and get to this level of conversation and that there are mothers who are just like us with different skin color. And if their children were our children, our level of all of these would be totally different because we'd be afraid when they left the house. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Yes. I mean, that's absolutely a hundred percent true. So it's like starting from that baseline of like, you know, the traumas I've experienced in my life are things that I have been able to work through. I've been grown up in a safe enough environment and I live in a safe enough environment where, where I have the time and the energy and the resources to do that. So right now, you know, on a worthiness scale, I mean, I have moments of darkness, but I'm going to say like in this moment today, I'm like a nine. 
You know, I love that you said I am enough. I think that that is probably one of the most important things that we need to remind ourselves because that goes along with you never get to the imaginary finish line for who, like, who do I yeah. need? This year has given me so much of that. It's one oh, of the blessings yes. of COVID. One of my friends and I who are constantly making our to-do lists and all the things we have to do yeah. as mothers who are doing like a million things, working yes. kids is getting everything done. And I have a note in front of my computer that just says, you will not get everything done today. It's just not yes. going to happen. <laughs> like, yes. yes. And like, guess what? It's going to be there tomorrow. And nobody cares. No one gives a shit. No. It's so funny. Like I, uh, I opened, I used to be like on top of laundry and like mm-hmm. on top of like, you know, my husband and I share all that stuff. Like yeah. he does the dishwasher. Like it's not one way in this house. We're like very, very much a partnership. But like the other day, I think it was like, I think it was actually fucking mother's day. I think it was <laughs> Sunday. And like, I have teenagers. So like everyone's like 1030, everyone's sleeping. I open up this like laundry chute and literally there's like seven feet of towels. And I was like, Oh my God, this shit doesn't stop. Like this is true. It'll never get done. And I was like, I close that shit right back up. And I was like, not today, sister. So I'm going to give you an extra bonus with that. And you're going to be getting, I'm going to be sending you one of my get twos because it's my favorite two words in the whole world. Yeah. So my youngest son, Desi has two potentially fatal medical conditions. And when he was really little, we didn't know if he was going to survive. And so I actually went through like this period of time where I would be like, what's it going to be like to have two kids again? What's it going to be like? And so now every single time, I'm not joking that I take the wet clothes and I put them in the dryer. I think, thank God there are so many clothes (gasps) clean, right? Gives me chivers. Because if there wasn't, if he wasn't here, there would be less clothes. And every single day I would wish to God that I had more clothes to clean. And so when those towels come down, you get to go, I get to, you think about those parents, right? From like Newton, Connecticut, whose kindergartners were massacred and they would do anything for socks on the floor. Exactly. Oh my, I love that reframe, Carly. And it it, does, you know, now that I have a 17 year old, who's going to be like going off to college, I'm like, oh my God, like I, I look at like the messes she leaves around the house and like the dishes in the sink and her trail of fucking pirate booty. And I'm like, I'm going to wake up one morning and like, be like, I want to be picking up your shit. Yeah. I miss her. I want her here. I want her leaving all this stuff. So we get to change it, right? We can go, oh my God, I have so much laundry. I'm never gonna get this done. Or thank God I have so much laundry. That means there's healthy humans making messes in our house. That means there's life. Yeah. Yes. That means there's I'm so excited. I already kind of know your answer for this one, but what would you give yourself as a rating for your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? Oh God. I'm so fucking loud. A 10, a 10. But but that is relatively new because okay. something that I unearthed, you know, about six or I guess maybe it was like seven years ago now, um, I thought I wanted to get divorced and I just wasn't happy. What I discovered after like kind of diving into this idea of feminine energy and um, trying to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do with my life, I realized that I hadn't been using my voice. I hadn't actually been asking for what I wanted. Like I was so disconnected from what I wanted that I didn't even know how, I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know how to talk about what I wanted. It was almost embarrassing because at the end of the day, I wanted to, I wanted this strong partner who could like take care of me. And because I grew up with all boys, um, anyone, anything like feminine or anything like surrendering, or that was like weak as shit. 
even though I kind of knew in my heart, that's what I wanted. I couldn't even say it out loud. It was so embarrassing. I was like, Ugh, because you had all wrong. these agreements in your mind about a woman doesn't do this. This is not a, acceptable. A strong woman, a strong woman, right. In your a mind, strong woman needs no one. Right. I don't that's need, what, I don't want to need you. I don't, I don't want to need you. I don't need you. I can do all of this on my own. Um, I'm a badass. And now it's like, I think I'm a badass in a different way because I can say what I want and I can get it. (laughs) So how did that work out for you? Did you end up communicating your partner and saying, this is what I need. And he was able to hear you. You know, it was actually a funny moment. It was like in this therapy session. So we had been in couples therapy for years and, um, and I said, I want a divorce and our therapist who I adore, um, was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I want just want a, a, a condo in the center of our town. I want someone to shovel the walkway. I want someone to else to mow the lawn. Cause like I did all that stuff on my own. And he's like, wow, it sounds like, and I'm like, oh, and I want someone to like pour me a glass of wine at night. I want, he's like, oh, it sounds like you're describing what you want in a partnership. Mm. And my husband was like, I can do all that. And I was like, but you've never asked. He's like, you come across as someone who wants to do it all by herself. Right. So he was seeing this strong ass woman that was like, I don't need, she's not, she's not even showing me that she needs this. Yes. And he was like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you're saying this. And I was like, well, that's what I want. I want like, I want someone to, I mean, I know I can do it all, but I don't want to do it all. That's that's the difference. We can do it, but acknowledging and saying, I want a partner to do this with me and for me. Yes. Yes. that's actually just being honest. Yeah. And, and it's something that I grappled with for a long time because it just felt, it felt like a weakness. I had identified needing people as a weakness and, and that's how my dive into the divine feminine started because I was like, what does this mean? Does it mean that I'm weak? And then I started a yoga teacher training a year later. And my, my teacher was like, you're talking about like feminine energy. And I was like, what the fuck is feminine energy? (laughs) And so she like gave me all these books and I just devoured them all and was like, okay, yeah, this is my message. And you know, what's so interesting as we sit here together, seven years ago, I got a divorce and I we're like in, this is like, you know, that um, movie with Gwyneth Paltrow with um, sliding doors where you can see like the difference. So I was in six years of therapy with mine and I used my voice. I used it over and over and over. Yes. And he could not hear me and he was not capable of hearing me. And today we're co-parents. And one of the facts I know about him, no matter how hard we work together as co-parents is he's incapable of hearing me when I speak, Mm. even though I'm loud as hell. And so (laughs) it's so interesting because you had, I didn't want a divorce. Who wants a divorce? I kept saying, this is what I need. This is what I want. And he kept saying, I'm fine. I don't want that. And so Mm. your husband heard what you need. He's like, just tell me, like, why didn't you tell me I I can do those things? Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel like I lucked out because I, um, I have, you know, half of my friends are divorced and, um, you know, they couldn't find the middle ground or they couldn't, I mean, it's not always a match, right? You don't always find. That's what I tell and, my kids. It's not like someone did something wrong. It's just, we weren't right for each other, but yeah, there's no failure okay. here. Like I have three yeah. beautiful humans and there's nothing that's a failure from that. Yes. And I think so much growth I have seen in like my, my sisters, my girlfriends, you know, post-divorce, it's like they fucking blossomed. They've 
found themselves, they've created these amazing lives that wouldn't have been possible um, in their prior relationship. Well, I want to ask if you would go back to your childhood. You mentioned that you were with a lot of boys in your family. Yeah. What did you learn? We, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but what did you learn about what a woman or a girl should look like, act like, not act like, be like from your childhood? Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I, I just actually spent a week with my parents. Um, and so, you know, it always brings up stuff where you're like, huh, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see where that came from. <laughs> so um, my parents had a very traditional very traditional upbringing. Uh, My parents are still married almost 51 years. My dad went to work. My mom stayed home. Um, What I learned from my mom is that women serve and that women, um, my mom is a strong woman, but she all, she definitely defers to my father's wishes. What I learned growing up is that that's what partnership is. And that a good marriage is where the woman is the compromiser. I don't, it's, it's become more and more like apparent to me as like uh, my behavior has shifted as I've like, and my parents are very happy together, but I think because, um, you know, my dad is a really strong personality and, and my mom just kind of compromises. Yeah. Compromises. And, but that's her normal, I guess, but like, you know, she's like the ultimate giver and, and, um, which worked really well for a kid. Um, but it's what I thought mothering was. I thought mothering meant that you were an endless flow of giving and with like kind of loose boundaries. I mean, she was strict, but she really gave and gave and gave and gave. And when I was a young mom and I wanted to do things for myself, like go back to work or um, not spend seven days a week, 24 hours a day with my kids, I felt an enormous amount of guilt. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that's not what like, you saw. It's not what I saw. So I was like struggled. And I remember one time my dad said to me, cause I was like going to art school and I had three babies and he was like, why can't you like, just be happy just being a mom? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck out. Were you the only daughter? Yeah. Youngest and the only girl. Um, and I was like, wow, I mean, huh, why can't I? And I was like, oh, cause I'm a human being <laughs> because mothering. That would like- never have been brought to your brother. No, <laughs> no, never just be happy being a dad. Like- right. Who's that's never come out of anyone's mouth. I mean, ever anyway. So that's like, you know, and I, and I've always, I mean, I had a solid childhood, you know, I didn't want for anything. We had food on the table. We lived in, you know, nice places. I had a good education, you know, there was nothing majorly wrong, but like, that's what I saw. And have you and your mother ever spoken about the different choices that you've made versus what she's made? No, not really. Um, It's interesting. It's like, I don't think they even want to go there with me because I've become very vocal and my job is about being vocal and speaking about these things. So I think for like a traditional people, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And 
you know, we come up against a lot of things where we disagree. And like, I just feel like this would just be like one more fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they're, I mean, they are proud of me. We enjoy each other's company. Um, and I think they probably think that, you know, I don't know, maybe I should just, you know, be, be happy being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and glad I you're am. not. And I am. No, you're both. Like, you're um, extra. Yeah. Because yeah. you're human. Yes. You wrote down when you filled out your form that for you, you were more about being the best when you were growing up. Is that from mm. the, the competition of the boys around you? What totally. was that from? Totally, totally, totally. I mean, from, from the moment I remember like being like three years old and just wanting so badly to just like be invited into the boys games and the boys club. And until, I mean, even like well into my thirties, I would like, like just be craving to be invited to like on the boys ski trip and like how many I was, brothers I have two older brothers mm-hmm. but like they had a, a, a huge group of guy friends and like they would go to like Colorado and go skiing and I'm a fucking good skier and I'd be like you should invite me like I should be there like I should be skiing with all of you dudes they did not invite me <laughs> Colorado trip and, but it was like this constant striving to, to be the best, to, to be enough. Up. Yeah. To just like get the recognition that I was as strong as, as good as, as tough as, as tough, which as. is where you ended up seven years ago, realizing that like you had to put that persona on for everyone and it almost, you know, destroyed your partnership because yes. you couldn't let them know like, Hey, I also need you. Yes. Exactly. That's so interesting. Carly, I mean, like, that's the full fucking circle. Yeah. Because, you know, it went from, yeah, me feeling like, you know, being a hyper, super achiever and being the best was like my goal. In and life. not needing someone to pour me a glass of wine, not needing someone to show no. myself I can do it all myself. Yeah. And watch me. In fact, I remember when I was pregnant, I was either pregnant with my second, no, I was pregnant with my third kid. And I was like, probably like seven months pregnant mowing our lawn and there's an old lady who she's she has I think she's passed now she no longer lives across the street but um she came out and her name was Addie and she was like what are you doing she's like are you trying to have that baby now and I was like I'm mowing the lawn Addie and she was like I appreciate and she was like 85 at the time I appreciate that you want to mow the lawn but like it's 85 degrees and like can't your husband do this and I was like <laughs> because you didn't want to need anyone to do it. I can do it all. I was like, watch me. Right. Usually. So I'm like that too. And that's when we end up crashing really, really hard because oh, yeah. we're finally like, oh my God, I can't do it all. And it's so uncomfortable. I yes. want to know how you ended up becoming a tribe of wolves leader, like how this all happened. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of unfolded Carly to tell you the truth. What were you doing before that? Oh, um, I worked in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So um, I ran a food pantry in my town. So yeah, so I, um, I've always like, I love service. I love like helping people. And um, when I started going on this path, people were kind of starting to notice the shifts that I was making and like women specifically. Um, And they're like, oh, tell me like, tell me about meditation or like, teach and I was like I'm not a fucking meditation teacher but I can I can show you like what I know and then the more I was doing the more people were like can you tell me a little bit more about that or like how did you go from tell me a book to read tell me a, 
And I was like, oh, wait, I guess like I'm on the path, but like, I'm just a little bit ahead of the other people on the path. So of the people in my group or whatever. So like, as things unfold for me, I was just like sharing them with the people around me and then grew. And it became grew. And then the wolf was because, um, I'm big into like spirit cards and like Oracle cards and stuff. And like, um, I got this deck. My first deck was the Kim, um, Kim Cran's spirit animal deck. And I kept pulling the wolf and I was like, God, someone has something to show me here. Like the wolf, the wolf. Well, the wolf is, um, the leader of her tribe. And, um, the wolf not only leads, but like takes people with her. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this, I want to build a tribe. Maybe I'm building a tribe of wolves. And then it was like, okay, maybe I'm like the head wolf mama, but maybe every other woman is her own leader of her pack. Mm -hmm. And like, whether you're a mom or not, it's about like, whether you're the leader of your family or your community or, you know, your circle of friends, like you can use this knowledge to like lead women into a new realm or a new space, a new way of being. So are most of the women that are coming to you around our age and they're kind of at this place where they're like, holy crap, what am I doing with the rest of the next half of my life? Seriously, Carly, I think that like something happens. Mm Mm-hmm. I think something happens at like 43 <laughs> and, and this is like almost like verbatim, almost a quote from almost every fucking woman. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Mm. I've gotten married. I've had kids. I have the house and the career. Why am I so unhappy? Mm-hmm. Why am I so unhappy? Like I've done, I've followed the prescribed path I've done all the things, but still I feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is like, we're like leading our lives, like through this like masculine mindset, right? We're like trying to figure shit out with our heads. We're like following the path. We're following the rules. We're living like in this narrow lane and like we've dropped out of our bodies, right? Like we don't even touch ourselves. We it's not even just masculine. Ourselves. I want to acknowledge it's also women that are doing this to each other, oh, right? When I say masculine, I mean energy. Energy, yeah. But it's true. Like when I went to high school, there was no discussion of a gap year. There was no discussion of like, what would you like to do next? It was where are you going to college? Right. It was what's next? When when are you going to get married? When are you having kids? There was never any discussion about what kind of human do you want to be in the world? What would you like uh, to, you, nothing. And so what excites you? What turns uh, you on? Right. Like, well, there's like music or hiking or like drawing or like, what are the things that make you go that you lose yourself in? Right. And I had to seek that out myself. So when I was in college, when I found the professors that were like, you know, that idea where there's two dates, the year you were born and the year you die and the dash in between, and that dash is your life. And what do you want to do with yeah. that dash? Like, those were the people I was seeking because I knew that there was something more than what we were prescribed to do. But I am so grateful you said that about what women keep coming to you and saying, I want to know if you remember the quote you shared with us, or if you want me to read it to you. I don't, I have so many quotes. Is it by Audrey Audrey Lord? Yes. Do you remember it? Oh, it is. It's on my wall. Okay. Read it. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. 
I love that so much. Yeah, she was fucking amazing. You ready for lightning round? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but go. Yeah. You're going to love it. So okay. tell me one of the lowest points in your life, just real briefly. Um, that would be around uh, getting divorced. Okay. Like when I was, yeah. If you could go back to yourself right now from who you are today, what would you yeah. tell her? I would tell her, be kind to yourself. What would 80-year-old Natty say to you now? Oh, 80-year-old uh, <laughs> Natty would say to me now, oh, you fucking firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be beautiful? To feel good. Okay, this one's a good one for you. What does it mean to be a strong woman? Oh, a strong woman use, isn't afraid to use her voice to talk about what she needs and what she desires for the world. And that shifted for you. Yeah. What do you want others to say about you? Oh, I want them to say that um, she was kind. She had a big heart and that like she maybe ignited me or um, she helped me see things a new way. If you found out you only have six months left to live, what would you do with the rest of your time? Oh, I'd scoop up all my kids and all my friends and everyone I love. And I would like maybe rent um, a big villa, I actually probably go up to the mountains and on lakeside and we would build fires every night and we'd zoom around on boats and we'd swim in the moonlight and we'd howl like a wild pack of fucking wolves and um, make big meals together. It sounds like you want to play. Oh, I love to play. You want to play and be and not regret. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last words. You get one piece of advice for every woman to hear. What do you want to say to them? Slow the fuck down. (laughs) Me and you. Yep. Will you tell us how to find you? Yes. I'm on Instagram at Tribe of Wolves. I have a Facebook group that is growing and it's super juicy. And that's Tribe of Wolves with Natty. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. Thank you. This was this so is, fun. I love your energy. Thank We're you like, too. I love riffing with you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you.